0: hey everybody this is james and nabil and we are without marco today actually he's a little under the weather so um either that or ever since we're talking shit about nabil this is what happens you start getting (laughs) sick see that (laughs) from a distance nabil cursed him and shit man we're we're blasting it through the airwaves
1: you know people just getting diseases what we do now in the 2020 year you know that's that's like fuck
0: this shit talking shit sent him a letter. He's like sneezing that shit. I'm like, whoa.
1: Don't worry, guys. Marco's still here in spirit. If you can't hear it, there's a dog in the background. So, you know, <laughs> we're going to keep that going. Make sure that we don't forget about him.
0: Yeah. I keep hearing <laughs> a dog barking. I'm like, that ain't mine, bro. That's Nabil's dog. <laughs> By which I mean his neighbors. So uh, so we're going to hold down the fort. This is actually our first time ever just doing uh, an episode with this, you and I. We talked yeah, about it okay. today. And we noticed that Nabil takes a lot of days off. So... <laughs>
1: Yeah. Apparently, I've missed quite a few pods. You know, I've had a lot, a lot of things happen in my life in the last few
0: years. He's basically uh, saying me and Marco have no life. It's cool. It's whatever. <laughs> it's
1: just, Both you good. know, different perspectives. <laughs> That's all it is. We've got different things going on. But you know what? It's now James and I. The pod's going to go probably not as good as Marco and James together.
0: <laughs> but we'll figure I'm, it out. I'm the, predicting the best episode of the year. <laughs> just kidding. We're running out of movies, guys. I don't know. Yeah, I know. To tell you. It's getting bleak out here. No, we're kidding. So, uh, today we are going to go over what we've been watching. We have a mini-review of the Studio Ghibli film The Wind Rises from 2013, continuing our Studio Ghibli Fest, and then we are doing our main review on the new Prime video, um, which is actually exclusive on Amazon there, yep. uh, Uncle Frank, which just released uh, last Friday, actually. So, this is one of the newer ones that we've actually done, so... Uh, yeah, without we're further actually, ado... We're oh, we're sorry, sorry. I was
1: just going to say, we're actually ahead of the game this time, so, you know, we are... We're right here in line with everybody to get you that the hot scoop on, the news. on Uncle Frank.
0: Stuff. I know, <laughs> right? Frank. I don't know if anyone's talking about it, but they should be, truthfully. Should so be. Uh, let's get into uh, what we've been watching, though. Hey, what you watching? All right, so, Nabil, uh, it's just you and I. So truthfully, yeah. man, we, we got nothing but time here today. <laughs> so we don't have to get too uh, strict <laughs> on it. But I know you're in the middle of a move here, but have you been watching anything outside of the movies for the pod? You know, I, I have actually finished a show, which is uh, oh, wow. surprising.
1: Yeah. Okay. It was a show on Netflix called The Queen's Gambit. I, don't know if I, I had that. a
0: f- I had a feeling it was going to be this one. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. yeah, I feel uh, like everyone's watched this I, except me, obviously. It's but it's, it's so on my it's, list.
1: So it stars Anya Taylor Joy. Uh, she plays the lead character Beth Harmon. And Anya Taylor Joy has been um, in a few few films. Most recently, she was in the Neat Mutants film, which technically has been is like a four year old film, but, you know, but yeah, recently released. She <laughs> didn't even know
0: she was going to be in The Queen's Gambit <laughs> during the filming of that movie.
1: But um, the film is, I mean, the show is actually really. It's interesting. The trailer doesn't do it justice because I, I was when it first came out. I watched it, you know. I was watching the trailer. I was like, "This doesn't seem like something's going to be interesting at all." It um, seemed a little boring. But does it um, spoil
0: anything? By the way, I haven't watched the trailer. I just have heard word of mouth. So
1: uh, it it really doesn't. It guess it gives you a bit of a premise but not really so so essentially what she is is she's an orphan girl who mm-hmm. gets a, a feel for playing chess and she turns out she's a prodigy she's really good at playing chess and this is supposed to be set in like the 60s so it's kind of a period piece is this uh, is this based
0: on a true story
1: or is this fake no, it's based off of a book
0: oh really i yeah. did not know that so see yeah. okay i'm learning something here
1: so and and that's i mean that's essentially the 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 bones of the story But God, the drama (laughs) that goes into it for some reason. I understand
0: she has like an addiction or something. She does. She has
1: a bit of, uh, she has some substance abuse issues. She's got, I mean, she's an orphan. She's got stuff that she's going through to her life. And I mean, I've never, I've always found chess interesting, but, uh, I never thought of move or, or sorry a television, which it feels like a movie, and that's why I keep saying that. But I uh, never thought a television series would feel how would long make just there, seem so. What is it? Eight episodes? Eight episodes. They're about you know fifty five minutes or oh, okay. fifty minutes. So long, I mean that's so, a
0: pretty big chunks, don't Yeah,
1: very very. The production value is just amazing uh, on the show yeah. itself. Anya Taylor Joy, I think this is the best acting she's done. She's done some. She's been really good out the gate, but mm-hmm. um, this show particularly like has a really good range of emotion for her. Um, and she just really does does wonderful with the character uh, of just going through her ups and downs throughout the whole story. D- the whole nice. setting of being in the 60s and playing chess as a woman and yeah. um, trying to dominate. And essentially, you know, it's a male sport. Um, uh, I guess, I mean, I guess. It's during just that chess, time, I would for say. For God's yeah. sakes, but yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, but like male intellects, right? So people that are yeah. college level and stuff always playing that. And now she's, she's over
0: there and, and doing extremely well. Not just uh, not just being a woman, I'm assuming, but just even from her class status of coming as like an orphan right. and all that jazz. So
1: yeah, it's a very intriguing story, and I don't want to say too much to like spoil anything, but but it is it is definitely something where you go in expecting the, to just some kind of watch some weird show about chess, and, like, chess, whatever right. it's gonna be, and then you you start getting into it, and you you really feel uh, invested in in uh, Beth Harmon, you know, the lead character. And, and her life and what she's going through to get to, you know, the point that she's in. And especially from the opening scene where you kind of, it, where it starts and it doesn't get mm-hmm. to that point. to like, the I think that point is, like, one of those where it cuts from the future. Uh, they show it the first scene and then you don't get to that to, like, whatever because it's all.
0: Oh, uh, is it one of those, like, let's see this. how we got to this point? Yeah, kind exactly. Of like, eh, kind okay. of like, you know,
1: so you're like, wait, what's this? And so it, wait, it really but I kind saw, of she, to I know
0: on. she survives because yeah. the thing, so.
1: So yeah, definitely. I think it's a show that you would actually enjoy as well. It's, it's yeah, it's on different. my
0: list, and I understand it just broke like a Netflix record, right? Like the most
1: yeah, views. Yeah, trending on the their top top ten list or something. I think it's been hovering at top five for quite some time.
0: Yeah, I think it's over sixty million views in the last four weeks or something like that. Which really is insane. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy, dude. It, it's um, really yeah. It's it's
1: yeah. it's weird to see how intriguing it is. Like people continue to watch it. Uh, and and it's still kind of holding strong because I think it's been out for about a month and a half now, maybe two months.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like I said, it's been on my, it's on my list. Yeah, just gotta catch it sometime soon, you know. So <laughs> it'll be one of those ones that I check out eventually. Right. Um, and
1: I've actually also been able to watch another Netflix show, which I've talked about before: uh, the Great British Baking
0: Show. Yes, I you have. That. Yeah. yeah. And I've uh, quite uh, quite a popular show, from what I. What I know. I know a lot of my friends on social media post a lot of things about the show. It's
1: you know, what's interesting about the show versus American uh, cooking shows is that the accents, the accent, the the way they say words, you know, uh, to describe what they're making about. For instance, they're making a piece of pastry. And one of the things they always talk about is make sure you don't have a soggy bottom. And so, you know, they say, and it sounds very <laughs> weird. And it's very, it's like one of the key words that they ad or or people are so enamored by one of the uh, judges. His name is Paul Hollywood, and that's his actual name. And you okay. you want to, you, you want to, uh, <laughs> apparently, okay. he, he's very, like, top tier in the baking world, and if essentially if you get his sign off on something it's like basically a it's like god gives you like yeah. a tap on the back like getting his job. handshake from him for him to say that you did a good job he'll give you it's called the hollywood handshake
0: oh <laughs> i mean like, okay once again you know, it's, it's like real a real name d- huh sure yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> it's real name, but just watching like they're all amateur bakers um That, you know, with any kind of these competition shows, there's probably hundreds of applicants, and these
0: people were the best of the best for that season. Or at the very least, the most entertaining. I mean, they have to get people that are somewhat entertaining,
1: right? You know, honestly, it really is just about the baking. The the characters are—sometimes they are some people that are interesting, like, in general, but they don't leave a lot of time for, like, getting to know their background. You're really Mm -hmm. getting to know their personality in their cooking, which is what I think is different from, like, some of the American cooking shows where— uh, it is like you said, all personality first, and then you know also they're skillful in this set of things. Which that doing. truthfully,
0: which is what I hate about those kind of shows. It gets so corny sometimes. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. I just want to see the results of this craft. Yeah, dude.
1: that's and that's what it is. You know, it's yeah. it's a very simple premise. You get three things. It's a a signature piece, whatever kind of thing that is designated to do that's your own style. A technical, which is essentially kind of a semi-blind bake of something. They give you part of the recipe, and you got to figure out the rest. Oh, and then cool. they give you the showstopper, which is like this big ornate. You said you it's on Netflix, right? It is on Netflix. And there's, Is that a there's Netflix 100.
0: exclusive show?
1: Uh in the US. I think it's on uh, Okay. The, I didn't uh, know British like this channel, but what, BBC or something. Or? Yeah, something like that. Something I that... Think it's channel 4 or
0: something. Do but... they do like um, the whole season all at once kind of thing or is it like No, so
1: they did the last couple of years they did that, but this season on Netflix they did a week by week. And so they just finished a finale last Friday. That was the last episode oh, okay. for the 10 seasons or 10 episodes but um typically it's uh it was like the whole season at once so yeah, i actually kind of liked it because you know we're watching i'm as you are watching mandalorian so it comes out on like thursday nights friday mornings i mean that's and a marketing thing. ploy though nabil that's, right, just, right. that's <laughs> the that's bake-off like, you you sure jump right like off you keep you coming know? back yeah. keep coming back baby you go into the mandalorian you top it off at some british bake-off you have yep. to go for the week you know yep yep <laughs> so yeah that's a, that's another show i've been watching um And then finally, I got to catch an actual movie that wasn't for the pod. Oh, uh, which which I mentioned to you. I've heard of these films. It's it's Uh, odd. It's called Let Him Go. Uh, This is a a film that I guess is what is it uh, home premiere? Is what they're calling it, where you're watching it at home, even though you know technically it would have been in theaters. Uh, Starring Kevin Costner and Diane Lane.
0: This is a film directed by Thomas Buzuka. Oh, you told me about this one. Yeah, yeah. this is the one I it's, also I had a free thing, but I did not. Right. Unfortunately, I did not. I don't know I, the time Lionsgate or something. Screener was on? at home, and he didn't yeah. have time. To see the it time? At home. Was, no, the time they did it for was on like I think it was I was like a doing. Te- I think it was a Tuesday or, night. On, yeah, but I, uh, I think I, like I wasn't even home when it happened. But yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I cut you off there.
1: Go ahead. No, that's. I mean, that's exactly how I said it. it. Was it was a, a free screening to get to watch instead of having to. Uh, rented it's it's essentially the premise is very thin. It's uh, Kevin Costner is a retired sheriff and mm-hmm. he has his wife Diane Lane, they're grieving over the death of their son, um, and comes to find out they set out to find their only grandson, which is uh, with the daughter or I guess it would be the daughter in law of theirs who ended up marrying so somebody confusing. else. <laughs> yeah. She ended up marrying somebody else because of, you know, some died and she ended up marrying somebody. And yeah. she's kind of in a situation with her son and the grandparents,
0: Kevin Costner and Diane Lane, are like, you know,
1: not without my child. <laughs> it, it almost <laughs> seems like
0: when I when I read the premise of it too, it almost seems like it's a um one of these recent kind of Liam Neeson kind of movies. I don't know you if know, you watched Cold Pursuit or anything, but it sounds awfully familiar Like so, kind of getting revenge to a point, but I know that they're, they're super slow burn. There's no real action. Was it? Oh, yeah. It's, Man, it's like the posters and trailer
1: would tell yeah, you otherwise, by the way. I know. I know. That's what I was expecting oh, wow. to see something okay. going on. Very, very slow burn. Like it's, it's like an Amber that you need to kind of put some, some brush oh, on to try to land. How long things. is it?
0: Two hours too?
1: Uh about just about two hours. Um, all the action happens real quick at the end. Um, there's a little scene, kind of three quarters in, that gets a bit intense as well. But that's when things just start to ramp up. Um, the story is is just essentially that they're, the Kevin Costner and Diane Lane are trying to find out where their grandson is, uh, and there it's a bit of a journey to get there and find him. Yeah. And then there's awkward situations. Very interesting dialogue. It is it is a very slow burn. An interesting watch. There's great shots of of kind of uh, the the. I'm assuming this is more like. I, I'm not sure exactly where it's set, but it kind of looks more to me like like North Dakota or Montana. Like the Midwest like, it looks like yeah, Midwest, kind of yeah. long uh, landscapes and and it's, it's just funny. It's very like, did, did
0: did Kevin Costner film this like uh, during this like free time during Yellowstone? Because he's in that show Yellowstone. I don't know if you've seen it. or Yeah, not.
1: that's right. Yeah, I actually think you'd like that show by the way. Yeah, I have not um, seen it, but I've been wanting to.
0: Yeah, and so I th- I was just thinking, I was like, it looks like the same exact premise.
1: Yeah, except for he's got like
0: three lines in the film. He
1: he doesn't really. really talk. He's in the movie quite a bit. But Dang. Diane Lane—it's like most the, of the featured talent. movie
0: right now on like all the streaming stuff because mm-hmm. it just released now for everyone to watch. If you want to rent it, it's nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, to rent. But I'm like, it sounds like it's one of those things I I should definitely wait on.
1: Yeah, I I think you would you would appreciate the film, but it's definitely not one I would say for everybody. That's going to be like, oh, if you're thinking like you're looking for a cowboy film you are looking yeah. for some kind of action film. Like this is not it. It yeah, is going to be very slow, it, slow-paced film. This ain't um, it. Gets very brutal at the end of bit. Just some shocking things that happen suddenly. I'm like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> but like yeah, out of nowhere. Well. But for the but the film itself, it is very so well it, done. It,
0: since you watched it as a, as a streamer, then was it through an app or through a website?
1: It was uh, through a website. They send you a link. Okay. Um, as Did a you screener.
0: project it on your TV though, or? Yeah, I just put it on my TV. I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I would not want to watch that on like." A yeah, just connected my
1: laptop to the thing, and it—that uh, I'd be, right like, it and be like knocking out my desk. I'm like, "Oh
0: God, come on, happen something, happen, please." <laughs> please. Cool.
1: So, um so yeah, that's what I've been watching. So I got to go through a few things. What about you, James? What have you been up to? I'm sure you've uh, had have quite a list of things. I do, list. but
0: I'm only gonna go over three movies. Three okay. movies that I think deserve some spotlight. So I'm actually, as you know close to doing something kind of stupid i'm close to having 366 movies watched for the total for the year that's a movie a day day (laughs) for this whole year currently as of today whatever it is november 30th right so we have 31 days left um i'm at 340 so i have 26 to go with 31 days that
1: this is how you're supposed to live life guys in quarantine by the way Right. Yeah. Stop going places, people. Yeah. Watch a movie. There's plenty of if he's watch a movie 340 films. You
0: know, or you know, watch five in one day. I don't know. You do your (laughs) thing, dude. Yeah, because I've found myself, especially on weekends, when I don't have anything to do, because you know I spend time with my girlfriend and we do plenty of things. We see each other in the week, and I think it's one of those things where I started watching movies a lot more with my parents too, like at night. That's good. Yeah, spend time with which I never really did for a long time like it'd be rare we'd watch a movie together but this year you know we grew a little closer just kind of seeing movies together and showing the movies they haven't seen and they're pretty up to date now to tell you the truth so <laughs> uh, I'll announce on the next one if I'm close or finished but I am trying to do like a watch party for that last one so I think it'd be kind of fun but on to the movies I have not watched any shows just to let you know so I watched I'm gonna talk about this is random because these are all three 2020 movies actually so okay so so this year too yeah so these are all from 2020 so these are ones you may have missed or ones that have just came out to rent or buy or whatever you want to do with them but the first one i watched was a i guess you'd call it a thriller it's called unhinged it was released a few months back it was actually one of the first movies that was released in theaters actually really it was supposed to be the one yeah so this one stars uh russell crowe and then um, someone I've never heard of, Karen Pistorius, she plays a, a lady named Rachel. Basically, Rachel's life is not too good, I would say. Like, she's in the middle of a divorce, her kid, she's always late to things too, it's kind of funny, so <laughs> basically, no spoiler here, because I'm pretty sure, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't even seen in the trailer, actually, to tell you the truth, but I'm pretty sure this is not a spoiler, but she basically is late dropping her son off one day, and she honks at a guy at an intersection, right? I know the premise sounds crazy and this guy happens to be <laughs> Russell Crowe. And Russell Crowe's character is already from like a pre—he like He's not all there. He's Something's wrong. Uh, there was a murder the night before and they're looking for him and it's like it's crazy. So basically the <laughs> movie is just him because she didn't apologize to him. Just with a road rage to the max and like hunting her down and like making her life a living hell for the whole day. Like That's the whole premise of the movie. So
1: it sounds like, <laughs> like a typical outing for Russell Crowe then
0: for what? For a typical outing for
1: Russell Crowe, you know, cuz Yeah, know, dude, issues,
0: he's yeah. I yeah, this might be based on they he didn't even know they were <laughs> filming him, bro. He's just doing Uh, I will say this much, it's it's a bit of a slow start, but about the movie's not long. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes long. Hmm. But after that initial 20 minutes, man, it is like pretty intense, I'll say that much. It's very good with the pacing. Yeah, the plot's fucking stupid for the most part, but it's, it's a thriller guess, though. So Yeah, so it's one of those yeah. movies where Especially the whole premise of the film is just like, hey, maybe you should just apologize to people and not be such a dick sometimes. <laughs> and then the whole situation could have been like, well, he's fine. He's not going to... Because you'll my... never know. <laughs> yeah, you never... Basically, it's like you never know who you can meet on the road or who might be crazy. And that's why, right. like for the most part, you're like, you know, mind your own business and get along with life. It's not that big a deal a lot of times. But I liked it. Uh, Rachel does do some pretty stupid shit, though. The character. <laughs> and I will say that that's one of the things where you're like, why don't you just go straight to the cops but then you know they they kind of explain reasons why she can't do that and it's like cause he's yes, because he's tracking her and then he's got reasons the, i mean that's what you have to say because that's how <laughs> yeah exactly it's like well then you wouldn't have a movie so yeah. i would say it's worth the rent though yeah. at the very least i liked it a lot and like you know i actually own this film so i can <laughs> watch this whenever i want again so i did not realize uh I've been trying to do this thing where I'm watching more 2020 films, especially near the tail end here. I have a list and I'm getting pretty down on it too. And for the most part, it's at least worth the rent. I think it was very, the pacing works so well in the movie. There's never like a um, a dull moment in this film where people are slowing down or, you know, like I said, there's even there's even a few scenes with Russell Crowe. Like he plays a crazy guy pretty good. So I believe, I believe that. I don't know if that's a good. I mean, thing or he bad is thing. a
1: good actor, though. I mean, in general, and I'm sure this was a fun thing for him to do, but it, it seems like a, yeah, it, it did seem like a film that I'd, I'd watch and I'd be like, okay. I can oh, get I was this telling you, like,
0: yeah, it's not going to win an Academy Award or anything, but I think it's definitely a fun movie to watch. Yeah. So, um, another movie I saw was the Hulu exclusive film. I don't know if you've seen this one. It just came out uh, on November 20th, actually, so about two weeks ago. Uh, it's called Run. I don't know if you've seen this one or not. No, I don't think this I have. is actually kind of a mystery thriller, I'll say. And I know we're kind of nailing the mystery th- thriller theme, I guess, here. But hey, it works well, for me. Yeah, it's just kind of the most intriguing things. I don't know if people want to hear about these other movies I've seen, so it's like eh. <laughs> next time I'll watch Fat Man. Don't worry. So basically, this movie is about a handicapped girl. Her name is Chloe, played by Keira Allen, and she is. She's got a lot of issues. She's seventeen or eighteen years old. I think she's seventeen. I want to say, but basically in the film, she's like wheelchair bound. She has asthma. She's taking pills to like, you know, she was born premature. That's why. And it's all this. It's like she lives alone though with her mom, played by Sarah Paulson. Oh, and basically, one day Chloe realizes that the pill containers she has aren't even like labeled for her, but for her mom instead. So. She soon realized the whole movie is kind of Chloe trying to uncover and find out like what her mom's hiding from her, and her mom definitely is somewhat hiding something from her. So hmm. uh, I'm I won't say anymore because there's quite a few twists to the movie, as you know. What a twist! Right? It's a twist! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is she, alien? Tell me. <laughs> so uh, I will say this much: I really liked it. Uh, there are a few things where you kind of have to once again. Just go with the flow with the movie yeah. or else the yeah. movie wouldn't work. Because I, it actually, it made sense by the end. Because I kept thinking, I'm like, how does she not have a cell phone, right? And then I found out that the movie doesn't actually take place in present day. It's a few years back. So I'm like, okay, know. all right. It's so, like the mid-2000s or something. I'm like, oh, okay, this this is a little more believable sense. now. Because yeah. I mean, nowadays I'm like, uh, does she not yeah, have I'm the not internet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm like, I don't Google that shit. Maybe, maybe Google it. Maybe. I don't. You look it up find out what's going on but uh, I'll say for the lead i've I've never heard of her before uh the character that plays Chloe uh, the, I mean the actress Kara Allen but she did really good apparently she's been in a couple other movies too and uh Sarah Paulson Sarah Paulson I think she's a little bit over the top in this one i would I would really? relate it or compare it to um the lady from like misery if that makes sense oh okay. Not, not as crazy, but almost mm. that crazy. But, like, she plays these characters so well. I mean, this isn't the first time Sarah Paulson's played, like, a somewhat evilish character, or depending how you look no, at it, I guess.
1: I mean, she was in she was in the Ratchet show, so.
0: She's been a lot of. Yeah. yeah. She's been the I American Horror, Horror Story stuff, too. American Horror Story so. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. If you have Hulu, definitely check it out. It was really good. Uh, once again, it's only like an hour and a half, too. A really brisk watch, and it's, uh,. It's really good. And the reason I even checked it out was uh Stephen King on Twitter posted something about it. So Oh, really? Yeah, he really liked the movie a lot and I was like, well, fuck, if Stephen King likes it, I'll check <laughs> it out, right? Like, I could have made a book of this. It almost truthfully it it, kinda it, plays it, like it that. has that feel of like a a short story, a Stephen King short story, so. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, I like that a lot too and it's it's a lot of like Moments of watching her trying to get something done before someone comes up the stairs because you know she's in a wheelchair and it's just like, holy shit, hurry up! Mm-hmm. You know, one of those kind of movies, but highly recommend it. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So, and lastly, I watched actually, I rented this movie, gotta stop buying them. To build. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one is uh, available on video on demand. So, if you have iTunes or Amazon or Voodoo, how whatever your poison is, here I guess. I watched uh, the directorial debut of Dave Franco, actually. He did a horror movie here called The Rental, and this oh. was just uh, released in July. So this movie is about two couples that go out and basically rent to Airbnb. So uh, we have Charlie, who's played by Dan Stevens. I don't know if you know that or not, but like Dan, Ste- Dan Stevens is really good, man. Yeah, I think I like all of his stuff, man, for the most part. <laughs> he's underrated I know he was in like uh, Beauty and the Beast he's the beast right but yep. I'm just telling you right now man I think he's really good he was also in another horror movie that I saw um, before uh, that's on Netflix as well that's that's really good so yeah I mean he, he was in Downton Abbey I saw him on there for sure um see but I never, saw, on, I never saw i never saw him on that show but i mean he was, he was very on, british was he well he <laughs> no. is british he's so i'm british. not shocked he's very british in there yeah um, he's in course, a horror movie called apostle by the way have you ever seen that one? Too? Oh, oh i've and, wanted to see that yeah that's yeah. the one and, i told you i yeah. think is truly like a uh, underrated gem by the way yeah and then the show
1: that you watched um i, I had not seen
0: it on he's in legion too that's it legion yeah. yeah legion which is arguably one of the best marvel shows i've ever seen mm-hmm uh, long story short, Charlie, basically, he goes with his wife, Michelle, who's played by Alison Brie, who's actually Dave Franco's wife, by the way. So, oh. And uh, they go with uh, Charlie's brother, played by a guy. His name is Josh, played by Jeremy Allen White. And then his girlfriend is a lady named Mina, played by Sheila Vand. I don't know if you know her. No. But she's also heard. um – she's been in some stuff, too. Most recently, she was in that uh, movie – it's not the most recent, but A Girl Walks a Home Alone at Night, which is like a horror film. Yeah, I didn't know that film. Yeah, she was in that one, and she's supposed to be quite good. And she's also in the new Snowpiercer TV show. But um, basically all four of them go to these this house, and it's an Airbnb, and it's they meet the owner. The owner's really weird. He seems kind of racist. Like he didn't, uh, Mina actually tried to book the house first, and then he denied it. But then when Charlie, because Mina's a uh, Middle Eastern descent, And then when Charlie booked the house, he accepted it. So it's kind of like right off the bat, she's you know like, hey, what the fuck? Like you know, is there an issue? And he's like, I don't know. And soon enough, I'll leave it at this: is like, they start thinking that maybe someone is watching them the whole time. Okay. So it's kind of creepy that way. So that's the whole setup. It's kind of
1: like a stalker film almost.
0: Kind of. It's a lot more horror than I thought it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and truthfully it's a lot more drama than it was going to be it's kind of a couples movie too so uh, there's a lot of uh, I would say issues that the couples go through and kind of start facing kind of some truths about their lives and stuff like that yeah, so I was yeah. kind of alarmed by that I was like oh and then it kind of turns into a slasher revealment at the last third I was like holy shit what's going on here <laughs> uh, I really like this one for the most part I will say it is a slow burn nothing really happens at first 45 minutes but it's kind of setting up the characters for you, though, and it's making you, you know, care about what's going on. And I'll say this much: for their first movie, Dave Franco, I think did pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's in these Franco boys' blood to direct movies. I or mean, shit. it sounds like
1: that's what they what they are more interested in is directing.
0: Yeah, it's, and the, I gotta say, there's whoever. I don't know if he did the cinematography or he set the shots up, but there's some really good shots in this movie, man. I yeah. have to say. And I mean, it's nowhere the level of like us or um, Get Out, obviously, mm. you know, if you're trying to compare, but pretty solid first ever though. And I, I look forward to seeing what else he does because it's very well acted. I'll say this much. The actors all give a really good performance. There's no one in there that's uh, nothing is ever really cheesy in it and all that. Mm. Um, there is a little bit of humor they bring out. And I think that's kind of from Dave Franco. And his writing, probably. I'm right. assuming, because there are some laugh out moments. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of funny," but then it gets really serious again. But I would say, for the most part, uh, worth a rental. Yeah, if it you can actually rent sounds it. <laughs> rental rental. Uh, yeah, it, rent it looks rental Yeah, very interesting. I just was
1: weeding up a little bit on it, and yeah, I think this is yeah. a film that I'm going to check out.
0: I actually liked it a lot, and there's there's a there's a nice twist to it all in it. Kind of puts the characters in a, in a situation, and, and even then, I was thinking, it was like, man, what would I do in a situation like this?" So, <laughs> and it's like, okay, but uh, yeah, those are the three that I I like to share with you all. I think it's a, I mean, all three are technically thrillers, so if yeah. you're looking to get your heart rate going, get some excitement going in yeah. for the winter, guys. Yeah, keep yourself warm with these ones. <laughs> but yeah, that is what I've been watching. Very cool. Let's all move right. on uh, now to our mini review. Of the Studio Ghibli film, The Wind Rises.
1: The Wind Rises is a Studio Ghibli film that came out in 2013. It's got an 88% Rotten Tomatoes score. Its based premise is a look at the life of Jiro Orikashi, the man who designed a Japanese fighter plane during World War II. It's directed by Hayao Miyazaki as director
0: of a Spirited Away, My Name Totoro, Howl's
1: Moving Castle, and Princess Mononoke.
0: And I will say, this was supposedly his last movie, by the way, that he directed. Yeah. until he announced recently that he'll have a new movie coming out next year, but for, for a while, this was his last final he one. He kind of so. ended it on, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the
1: American voice cast, because, you know, we're ignorant, we don't listen uh, to Japanese. Hey, man, it, it defaults
0: to HBO Max. <laughs> Whatever they play, I'm like, I guess this is what I'm rolling with. <laughs> so,
1: So it's starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jiro Harakashi, Emily Blunt as Naoko Satomi, John Grzynski, which I didn't know that John Krasinski was in his film until just right now, <laughs> Kiro Hanjo. Uh, you Martin can tell Short. by his voice? No, I, I did not even realize that. Yeah. Oh. Martin Short as Kurokawa, Werner Herzog as Kostorp, William H. Macy as Satomi, Stanley Tucci as Giovanna Battista Caproni, and Elijah Wood as Sony. Uh, and if you're wondering why you're hearing a uh, mix of Italian and uh, Japanese names is, again, World War II. And the whole premise of this film is also set in World War II because they're building Japanese fighter planes. So you know, looking at it from the perspective of Japanese, it's not uh, necessarily any talk on the American side of the war. It's more specifically—I will say—it focuses more
0: about the love of making planes. Yeah, it's it's, not so much about about the engineers and the people,
1: and not necessarily the war itself. Before people get a bit, you know. think that we're being anti-patriotic here because that's not really what the film is about. But it is set that time, so, you know, yeah. conflicts.
0: Anyways, so... so like, that's it's a, a Japanese
1: anime studio. Yeah. What do you expect? So. You gotta you gotta take it with a grain of salt here, guys. Um So, that out the way, I know the answer to this already. So, James, I know you've seen this film before, obviously.
0: I want to say we saw this together. I was going to say because we've yeah, seen it together. we saw <laughs> this in theaters. We saw it in yeah. the theaters. Um, One of the first... Uh not the first no, Ghibli film I ever saw in theaters yeah. but the, I think the first one I saw with you in theaters. Yes. Yeah. Right? Because this yeah. was nominated for an Academy Award and I think it was playing we like a through. month right before. We didn't see it in 2013, we saw it in 2014. Yeah. I know that for a fact, so. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, no so I have seen it before. I did see it with you. So yeah. so what
1: were your thoughts on it? I mean, is, I yeah, like this movie. Still, still this like movie is second watch.
0: Yeah, this uh this is actually my third or fourth watch. Is at it this third? Point. Oh. Yeah, because I also watched it when it came out on Blu-ray too, uh, and and I think I watched it with my knees or someone. But I watched it. I've, I've watched it a few times. I'll say this much: uh, I like this movie a lot. The animation yeah. is really good. Man, these Hayao Miyazaki ones are like the top-notch. Man, they're the best ones. Like, yeah, gonna, I mean, don't I'm get me wrong. Kidding. Don't get me wrong. The other directors, there's there's a few more we're gonna be running into as well, mm-hmm. do a pretty good job. But it's all like. It's like, if you're ranking him, like, all the Miyazaki films are, like, S ranks, probably.
1: It's just a different quality, different level of, of like, of filmmaking. Do you think it.
0: he grabs the better stories? Because, like, this was, like, a personal project of his where he really wanted to tell the story. But, man, just looking at, like, his big hitters, it's like, man, this dude got Spirited Away, Totoro, Howl's Moon Castle, Mononoke. Like, these are on, like, the movies that are on everyone's, like, top three list, you know? Yeah, all the time. So, it's like, dang. But, or maybe, I mean... He's kind of in charge, so it's like I, I get it. But you know, I, I liked it a lot. I'll say it runs a little long, but truthfully, isn't it funny that this is only ten minutes shorter than the Tele Princess Kaguya? But I'll, I would watch this like ten times more. Oh, in that yeah. film. Yeah, just because I think the pacing still works, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, I know we're going off American voice cast. I forgot Justin Gordon Levitt was the main guy in this one. So when he talked, I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> JGL." It's JGL baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he does a good job, and I mean. Yeah. They do a good good enough job with the combination of the story. Um, I didn't realize this time, though, like the the love story in it overall isn't too big. It's kind of like a no, side that's, story.
1: That's what I've, cause I – because I remember – so so just to, to, to piggyback, yes, I, I definitely enjoyed the film after – this is the second yeah. time I watched it. But um, I, one of the things that I remembered fondly was the The love, the love story. story, right? And I was like yeah. – because and and we are gonna get into spoilers later, so I won't say anything specific. But kind of near the end, I get a little teary eyed, like "Oh my god, what's happening?" No, and I, I I forgot how impactful. sad it was, but yeah. I
0: thought it was sadder, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah,
1: I do remember. I remember feeling yeah. more pain the first time, and then the second time, I was like, "Oh, that's it." <laughs> yeah, but it was it was still touching, and that was like a big takeaway for me from the film. And now watching it again not not as prevalent like you said more it, yeah it ends up happening at the last act yeah, of
0: the film. yeah I a hundred percent agree it's yeah. one of those things where um I definitely saw that they did focus more on just the plane aspect it's about the love of aircraft and like yeah aviation and all that stuff so that's why uh Giro talks to Caproni a lot in his dreams and it's kind of like, hey do you have like this is the wind rising and the planes we make and the you know yeah they're made for war, but it's the love of making them and blah 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 and it's like okay so I mean it works, and um, I don't know. I liked it a lot. It's one of the things. I think it has a really good soundtrack too. I forgot mm-hmm. how good the music is. Man, all of Miyazaki's movies got good soundtracks he too, though. Doing, man, man. It's, it's man he's not going. He's like, we're not doing any experimental bullshit. We're just gonna fucking like, make something <laughs> beautiful. You. Yeah. So that's what I, I'm like. Fuck, man, this movie's hella good. So yeah. I like this one a lot. Um, it's crazy that this was like his last one, and. So next there year, is, supposedly, a new ones coming out. So. It
1: would be a good send-off for him. I mean, so Jiro Horikoshi is actually uh, an actual person. This film is not explicitly based off of, but I'd say loosely based off of his life. Um, yeah, yeah. After, so it's it's not like, for instance, the the whole story about uh, Naoko Satomi and and the love story there is not really a thing that happened because um, the guy's got like five kids. As far as like professionally his career it's it's pretty on point like what he did with building um essentially uh the Mitsubishi uh zeros I think they're called planes which are you know those kamikaze planes uh, uh, they when bombers. they're bombers' <laughs> yeah, they they're bombers they were the main ones they use on uh, attack
0: yeah, for harbor as well harbor. So.
1: so you know they they talk about the design they talk about how how he came to it essentially in a movie and it is that is that and i guess because it's miyazaki it's even more um impactful but just the visual aspects of, of flying and like how when Jiro uh, is like picturing something out of an airplane that he's building and designing you know mm-hmm. where it takes him and then the visuals and then the dream sequences and like just just seeing those those visuals it's yeah. it's amazing it's something where it to me every time I see a film that he does it it reminds me of like the old disney standards that they did back in you know the the 40s and the 50s where the the level of animation quality was so like high oh the animations insane and that you in go and movie, see man. you don't really see that as often in a lot of films yeah. like it's all cg or you know they're not obviously as hand drawn anymore but when you watch a miyazaki film uh, and a lot of studio ghibli films specifically but specifically his um you you just see the love that's put into it and the and the the Deliberated, no I can't even say it, deliberance of, like, mm-hmm. what what he's trying to do and why and, and, you know, how every stroke of the pen that he's they're using to animate something is, like, it just, it re- it really feels like it comes to life. And this film especially, like, just, it makes me, especially because it's a more grounded film, it really makes you feel like you can understand everything that's going, relate to it, be in the guy's head, and, and see, understand the motivations that are going all through just, you know, the the visuals that they're doing over here, and it's it's a you know from just that aspect itself, just a wonderfully, uh, uh, beautifully animated film, and then with the score, like you said, and the, and the wonderful uh, voice acting in English, and I'm sure the <laughs> I'm sure the Japanese is equally as good. Um, it really. Just, We've
0: already taken the journey so long, okay, yeah, guys. It doesn't
1: matter anymore. <laughs> well, let's let's go into some of the spoilers and talk about a few more details into the film. So again, um, definitely a film we recommend you watching. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you know it's, it is on HBO Max. But um, we're going to get into spoilers. We don't want to ruin this part for you because it is an interesting uh, movie that's worth watching for the first time. So if you haven't seen it yet, so please uh, skip ahead. Skip
0: ahead to Uncle Frank, right? Yeah. I'll I'll say this much: spoiler. Yeah. Since we're in spoiler section here, real quick. Uh, I didn't. I I I knew she died, right? Yeah. Mayoko, but. I thought it was like a harder hit than it was. I like the scene where he actually goes all the way to go see her, and man, I forgot like she's like her lungs are like imploding or some yeah, shit it was like, like that. I was, like, I was, like, Jesus gosh. Christ! It and they was, show like, her like leaving I know, like oh. spin out blood. I was like, I do not remember this part. I was told you, I was like, this is my third time seeing this. Yep. And um, <laughs> and then it's kind of like yeah, they get married, and then after that, like she just leaves and dies. Basically, I think basically, she, right? You
1: know, she kind of just because she does. What she, what she wants him phrase? to remember him yeah. as
0: she was, as she not was as she's dying going to be. Man, tuberculosis was a bitch back then, wasn't it? I mean,
1: yeah, they didn't have a lot of. Uh, they didn't have penicillin They didn't have antibiotics, so it wasn't a thing.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I was like, damn, ten more years, this lady would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, I mean, that's the biggest spoiler in it. Other than, I guess, Chiro realizing near the end, like his his creations are like weapons of war and all that stuff but yeah I mean it works
1: well I think that you know part of it too is just that you you do see that he is kind of grappling a little bit and he talks to um the uh Caproni the uh Italian aircraft designer his dream basically in his dream um you know that they know that they're (laughs) it's okay okay. I like that uh, it's Stanley Tucci Tucci. I knew it was him too
0: (laughs) I was like he's so but okay. um i understand sir
1: i i like the you know he he does grasp the idea of that you know they're building warplanes and they're trying to i don't know if i don't know if they're doing this for us as the uh the audience a viewer or they're really just trying to do it to, to show character growth for Jiro. but the whole thing is like you know yeah we're building war machines but you know as an engineer you're not building it for for that for war you're building it as for mm-hmm. a design, for the love of flying, for the love of the aircraft, you know, and then like yeah. he was saying I'm gonna build a passenger plane kind of thing. Um so I don't know if that was like his whole thing about it was like, We know what we're doing, but and it's bad, especially, but it's okay. Especially you know, with
0: Miyazaki way. being kind of a, a very opposed to any kind of war and anything like that too. Yeah. I'd assume like he's he's trying to show the lighter side of it too. And I, I mm-hmm. think it works for the most part.
1: It's perspective. And you know, this is one thing I remember when we when we first watched it together um that <laughs> yeah. one of the things we brought up was about the fact that it's like oh should we be watching this because you know this is technically yeah. about a movie against
0: the the us at the time now he's creating stuff that's gonna kill americans but yeah it's, but i mean they never they don't they don't dive into that enough for that to be yeah. a big concern and it's never a movie where I even—I mean, I jokingly say, but I—I—I I, I always put it in like it's for the love of aviation and all that jazz. So.
1: Well, and I think too that—and that's kind of what I like about the film—is that you know, obviously it's Japanese based, but the fact that they're giving you that perspective because we don't get to see a lot of that. No, I no, mean, no. Not like,
0: we always get to. I mean, like you, as you know, Nabil, the history is always told by the winners, right? And right. We always see the perspective of you know things on our end, and it's like okay, okay so we see it and. <laughs> they're portrayed as, like, you know, not in the best light. And it's, like, it's one of those things where it's, you know, this could have even been about an uh, American guy making stuff that's eventually going to be a war machine, you know, or yeah. a, a German guy. And it would have still been, oh, that would have been a little weird. But
1: Well, I mean, even even the fact that they're they're working with the Germans and they talk about German they are, engineering. Because yeah. mm-hmm. that's still a thing, mind you, that t- till today, even though, obviously, terrible thing in World War II, uh, unspeakable things, but at the same time, People still to this day believe in German engineering and the build quality of what it is from from the pure pure level of just craftsmanship. You know, like that's still a thing, and that's gone for quite some time. So, so that's where I think this film is trying to go to is is showing you that there are still intellectuals, there are still people building things. Obviously, plenty of evil people um, for other things as well. But and 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 one thing I liked about the film that they kept bringing up was how far behind they were. In development you know they were still using wood for for a lot of the stuff for planes where you yeah. know europe and america was all steel and and manufacturing you know faster things and it, it took someone like jiro and and i think it's kiro's the other guy Kiro, the, yeah, yeah the, to build something innovative to get him ahead of the, ahead of the curve on the rest of the world and you know after the war and obviously the devastation that happened in japan for them to you know had already just took in so many steps to try to get caught up with the rest of the world and then fell back. And now look at them now. They're like ahead of everybody as far as technology is concerned. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of showing you that aspect of like Japanese Japanese uh, work ethic and, you know, their, their innovation that they've continued to try to progress forward, even though they have generations of, of tradition still very embedded into their beings. So overall... I mean obviously I think you would recommend this but what do you yeah. think about from like the other films uh would you, would
0: this be in your like top 5 or this is going to be tough yeah It's probably top near the top 5 maybe like a 6 or 7 yeah There's just a few that like edge it just a bit man Man when we get done with these two this is going to be a one hell of a list. We gonna gonna like, <laughs> Put together. Here's our Ghibli list. Took and everybody's us four like, years. gonna come back and say you took us took us top six this one time. <laughs> hey, that guy said that was top ten. I'm like, well, we forgot these ones existed. Okay, <laughs> we're hitting into some unknown regions coming up soon, so trust yeah. me. But uh, there's still a few good ones. No, are I mean, like I said, I truthfully, they're <laughs> all good, these except the Princess Kaguya. No, he's kidding. That <laughs> one's fine. Uh, the, those Yamada ones, though. There we go. Oh. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I'd say it's I, I still liked it. I would recommend it. If you're a Ghibli fan, check it out. If you're a love of animation, you've never seen these. I mean, don't start here though. Start in the beginning with Miyazaki films. Leave this for the end, I would say. Um but no, solid movie. And if like you, like Nabil said, if you have HBO Max, there's it's this is the easiest it's ever been oh, to yeah. watch due to just, Ghibli films. This is why this is taking there. us so long, by the way. Up until this, we this was never on streaming, so mm-hmm. up until earlier this year. So that's why we're finally Going back and knock these out. So, yeah, hopefully, it's really
1: worth going on there now just to be able to watch yeah, all those changes And
0: hopefully, by early next year, we have them all done and we can kind of give everybody a heads up like, hey, this is how these are. And All right, so let's move on now, Nabila, to our main review of Uncle Frank. Happy birthday, Daddy Mac. Well, that one's wrapped up so nice, it must be from Frank. Electric shoe polisher. Next! I never knew why Daddy Mac was so mean to Uncle Frank. He was the kind of person I wanted to be. Smart and funny and considerate.
1: You're going to be the person you decide to be, but you're going to be the person everyone else tells you are. You get
0: to choose. Can I come visit you sometime? Hi, I'm Frank Smith. Oh my god, Beth, nice meeting you. Frank, don't tell me you were coming. That's because he doesn't know. He doesn't know? Oh, well, okay. this is going to be very exciting. (laughs) How do you know Uncle Frank? He's my roommate. I want to know oh. Wally. And
1: i lived together. We have for 10 years.
0: Never known anybody
1: who was gay before. Of course you yeah. have.
0: Quad director of church.
1: Mr. Dickerson? But he's so... What? Religious. Ah.
0: So the IMDb description... Oh, just let you know, this was just released uh, last Wednesday, I think, right? Yeah. 25th or 24th. And this is uh, sitting at a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's certified fresh. The IMDb description is in 1973, when Frank Bledsoe and his 18-year-old niece, Beth, take a road trip from Manhattan to Creekville, South Carolina, for the Family Patriarch's funeral. They're unexpectedly joined by Frank's lover, Waleed. So, this is directed by Alan Ball. Uh, he did a few episodes of Six Feet Under. I don't know if you remember that show or not, but... I do remember that show. Uh, he did that, and he's also... His biggest claim to fame, truthfully, he's the writer of American Beauty, so... okay, I are going to say, it's yeah. like
1: the most notable thing is... <laughs>
0: Is six Feet Under, I'm like, huh, that's not a... Well, there's movie. not a lot. This is technically like one of the, his... I think he's made one other movie, but this is yeah. like his second film he's made. So He's I'm been around cat. Hollywood, though, so he's he's a, he's a name. A and yeah. uh, the story is actually loosely based on his dad, by the way. I don't know if you read oh. about that or not. Oh. I did not. Oh. So this stars Paul Bettany as Frank, Sophia Lillis as Beth, Peter McDissie as Waleed slash you know Wally, Steve Zahn as Mike, Judy Gur as Kitty, Margot Merindale as Mama, Steven Root as Daddy Mac, and Lois Smith as Aunt Butch. So, Nabil, what would you think about Uncle Frank? Uh, I, surprisingly,
1: I, well, surprisingly to me, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I didn't really know if I was going to like it at first, watching just a bit of the trailer. I was like, mm, I'm not sure. Um, you know what's
0: funny? I was the same way, because I saw really? it. I didn't think we were going to watch it. I'm like, I'll probably skip that. Because <laughs> I was like, man, I could probably tell. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is still pretty predictable. Yeah, but I also was in the boat of like, but man, we were running out of movies to choose. I was like, it's either we go, <laughs> we're going back too far. And I was like, man, this is the most up to date, newest one we could mess with. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I mean, I started cutting you off, but I mean, mine's a yay too because I was like, you know what, I like it's this a quite a film. bit. Yeah,
1: Paul, I mean, Paul Bettany sells it, and this is the first time. Uh, I mean, I know she was in it, and I, she was fine in it, but I really like Sophia Lillis more. In this film, than I've seen her in anything else. Especially, really? yeah, when she was, you know, a, a, an adult per se, you know, going to college versus uh, being a kid, watching her. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can see she's got some acting chops. I like her more in this one than I did um, than the other, because I wasn't so sure when I saw her first. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be into it.
0: Yeah, man, yeah. see, because you're only thinking of her from it, that's why, man. Yeah. She yeah. was in a TV show on on Netflix, remember I was telling you about? Uh, I'm not okay with this. Yeah, yeah. You did and tell me about I that told it. you. Yeah. It got canceled, by the way. Thanks, everyone. Uh, <laughs> but the she that is really good in that show, man. And she was also in the um, that Gretel movie earlier this year.
1: Yeah, oh, that was twenty twenty.
0: Yeah, uh, she's in that one as well, and she's really good in that one too. So uh, I think it was one of her like first ones, but man, she's really good in this movie. Yeah, she is. Is what will, I'll say. Like she's become a much better actress as well. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, man, this is probably Paul Bettany's best movie that he's ever acted oh, in. He's wonderful in this film. I was, I, you know, I knew it was going to like it. Hold on. Son, was that the reason why? Because I thought, for, truthfully, I was like, I don't think Paul Bettany can hold down a, a main <laughs> main role. Well, that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, because, mm, you know, I, I like to try to compare him to Jude
1: Law, you know, sometimes. because you know, really? he's he British, I guess. Yeah. Where it's like, Paul Bettany. Is he British? He's like, Yeah. He's like the discount Jude Law that. to me a lot of times. Oh, so okay. I look at it, I'm He's like. He's just
0: less um, good looking. But I was like, yeah. but that's vision, though. He's vision. <laughs> but
1: now looking at him on this film, I was like, why isn't he doing more things? I want to see I was like, man, he came, a,
0: is- he came a long way from Wimbledon, that movie with Chris and Dudsburg. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, after seeing this, I was like, man, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets nominated for Academy of Warfare's movie. Yeah. Oh, as soon as I started watching it, I
1: was like, oh, "Okay, this was supposed to be in theaters for the awards." Okay, was it supposed to be? I don't know. I don't know if this was always a Prime
0: movie. Video thing, or they picked it up. They, but, I mean,
1: I feel like they, a lot of these films are starting to pick up because you know, Oscar season is yeah. still going to happen either way.
0: I liked overall on the story with it too. I liked that Uncle Frank is. I know you know it's set in the. It actually starts technically in the late '60s. At first, we meet. Um, Beth, when she's like, I think she's only 14 or 15 14, in the beginning. Yeah. And then it's four years later, right? So, mm-hmm. and he's already the uncle that's like, hey, if anything ever happens to you, call me first. Cause she, she grew up in South Carolina, obviously. Right. And I'm assuming back then in the late 60s, early 70s. I mean, no offense to our listeners from South Carolina. There's some of you, but it's a little backwards. From what it sounds like, I mean, I think it's more, but just, that's part of the times, though. I think I it's would like, say, yeah, the
1: South, and the, I mean, and, and you can find it other places too, not just in the South, but yeah, that it was, you know, there, there was uh, people were a little bit more loose in, in uh, as a teenager in America, and you know, it's all Christian value, but until yeah. you do something wrong, and then, but you know, I think you know, nice. the whole
0: point is Uncle Frank is. I this is no spoiler because you know this is in the trailer. Uncle Frank, because uh, Beth basically goes to. When she's 18, she, she's, she likes her uh, Uncle Frank the best of anyone, and right. she's kind of looking to leave. So she moves to New York and starts going to school up there, where he's teaching at because he's a All professor. Right. And through that coincidence, I guess you might say, is how she finds out that Frank and Wally are together. He's uh, Frank is gay. And I've never even heard of Peter McDissie either, but I thought I liked his role as well. It's kind of cool that his is like... Um, there's a lot of sadness in his scenes, though. Which you you could tell tell? that
1: he's he's been hurt a lot by friends. Yeah, Yeah. and he
0: puts up with his stuff, which Mm -hmm. um I thought he did a really good job of doing. And I thought the uh the scene where he calls his mom actually is really sad too. Like yeah, Yeah. he's just hiding stuff, you know, and it's just constantly hiding. And you
1: know the reason behind it, right? Like he's he's he basically calls it out and says that you know well. You know, in the states, you're Americans, you know, you tell your family, and you, you, they'll get upset or whatever, and you never talk, talk to you. It. Yeah, fine. where he's from, they'll kill yeah, you. Like, you just get that's killed. That's, yeah. So. yeah.
0: So, Which is, yeah. I mean, truthfully, I mean, could happen too in the in the I time mean, it's period. Still probably can happen now. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things. I mean, even in South Carolina, when there's a scene where Frank and Wally are checking in, and he's like, come in ten minutes later. Like it's like dead serious. Like there's no fucking yeah. around down there too. And, right. Um. I'll say this much as well. I do want to talk about spoilers, but the scenes where Frank is like reliving his past were pretty emotional. I would say those are some yeah. pretty heavy scenes of like how he well, came out, and... and you
1: don't, and you don't really, at least for me, when when they were happening, I was like, I don't know where this is supposed to be going. You know, like I got got like the premise of what was what they were trying to show, yeah. but I was uh, trying to understand why they were wanting to show it, like what 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 kind of growth was going to happen out of it until the end where you kind of realize what was going with the reason why they were showing us this and i'm like it was shocking <laughs> i yeah. was like oh crap okay this is this is now making sense to me and that that was a, a pretty i feel like the way they kind of made that happen organically it it felt organic kind of going very slowly mm-hmm. as he's going through and then they just pop into the scene um of the flashback i was like wow this is uh especially when you get to the end. it's like it all comes together and it's just like a self-realization yeah. of holy
0: crap this guy went through some you know shit as a as a kid you know what i would have liked more though out of this i would have liked more of the road trip yeah truth be told. it was very short yeah i i expected the road trip to lead to the end of the film but no it's only like half the film they're like is and it now funny that now.
1: <laughs> when when they did that i was like when they started the trip i was like okay so this is just a road trip
0: film now <laughs> and, 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 and i thought so too and, and 20 minutes later you know yeah i was like oh never mind they made it to the place yeah. no issues by the way either no, no like a lady does question them but the lady only questions them because she thinks it's weird that two grown men are with like a girl they're like also uh, i
1: mean maybe because he was arab but i feel like you know brown man going to the south somebody was i thought there was that. gonna
0: be or or somebody would have said something i i expected it but maybe that was good because i expected that and it didn't happen yeah either that or maybe they didn't want to take away from the
1: overall premise of you know the homosexuality home
0: yeah, and I think, I mean, Frank and Beth learn more about each other through the process and I think she... Act- and, and, you know, Frank's actually the one that has told her, I don't know if it was in the past or then, like, you gotta be who you want to be and not hide it, and it's kind of like he doesn't even live by his own yeah, kind was, of creed, I guess. Yeah, And she does bring that up at one point. And I, mm-hmm. I do like that. Um, let's jump into spoilers, Bill, because I, I want to yeah. talk more. Cause, so, if you guys haven't seen it, uh, I know we're quick on this, but this I, the spoilers section is going to be a little deeper i think too but uh-huh. and uh it is on prime video it's exclusive on that uh amazon video so take a look i think me and Bill both unexpectedly really like this movie yeah it has a lot of heart it's a very heartwarming tale and it's also uh very well acted so definitely take a look and if you don't want to be spoiled go out to our outro <laughs> so now that we're in spoilers though so i gotta say this though the scenes with the dad were like rough, right? Oh,
1: gosh, man, Steven Root is great. <laughs> he's always he's always he playing is...
0: like
1: some kind of kooky character, and it's and... weird,
0: right? I'm like, I, it's always so weird for me. I'm like, this is the same dude from Dodgeball, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, who had the glasses on, and now he's just a super racist. Not even Su- racist. I mean, right, he's just but homophobic. When he said that in but the will, like, I kind of the felt will that scene that was, was, was hearing, but like, dude, right there. I would assume the scene where he leaves. I was like, "That's the Oscar scene." <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the Oscar scene right
1: there. I, was like, I mean, basically the Christ scene right there. You saw, yeah, or, or where he goes to more.
0: the funeral, the thing at the end, or the yeah. the cemetery part. But yeah. I was like, "Holy shit, man!" That's when I was like, "Man, Paul Bettany pulling out the acting chops for this one, man." <laughs> and I like that though. Yeah. It is. It's rough though, because like yeah. I noticed, I knew something's gonna happen because like the brother gets money, the sister gets money, mm-hmm. the aunt even gets like five hundred bucks or something, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then which is hilarious because you saw her face she's like what? <laughs> she's like, I didn't think it was gonna be shit, right? And then it comes to him, and then like he used that moment to be like call him out in front of everyone and shit. I was like, yeah. Oh. And just like Frank is like, he can't even like say a straight like thing, and he's just like uh, stuttering, and it's just, mm-hmm. like holy shit that that was a very powerful scene. And like you said, there's scenes where they they show you that like the reason why his dad has never liked him is because he caught him once doing you know with uh, another kid back in the day. And then that kid yeah. actually, actually killed himself because of that. So,
1: Which, which uh, I think is, you know, as as a kid, Paul Bettany's character Frank was was basically trying to push the guy away, his, his kind of pseudo-lover yeah. or friend, uh, by saying the same thing that his father had just told him, you know, to try to distance. Those. And it was more, I feel like at least, maybe it wasn't, but I felt it was more to protect him, you know, because he didn't want his dad to kill him or anything like that. And it turns out that he ended up killing the kid because that guy killed himself. He can he didn't want to live a life that he uh, live a life. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. And which is funny because in the future, Frank eventually tells Beth like, "Hey, you got to live your life and you be who you want to be." And it's even like Beth even changes her name. You know, yeah. So she goes off of. I think it's originally was Elizabeth or Becca mm-hmm. or something like that, and then so she changed her name. I think it was, Betsy, yeah. yeah. And then she goes off of. She goes by Beth and. Mm-hmm. Um. I like that. I like the scene where Steve Zahn talks to Frank too and apologizes to him. Can I just say that Steve Zahn is always an underrated actor? The oh, guy's my, amazing same here. In I he agree, hundred percent. I like that scene too. Yeah, because you know, unfortunately, I've been in a lot of uh, fucking funerals. He's like, I got so, two words for you. No, no prob- problem. Problem. <laughs> it's like, all right. I like that scene. I like that one. No, but I'm saying I I like the scene even before where he hasn't seen his brother in a couple years. Yeah. And he's apologizing, like, "Hey, sorry, I never like contacted you and all this stuff." Yeah. And right. It was such a like, I feel really, yeah. yeah, that's such a good scene. I was like, yeah. god "Damn, man!" Because people do shit like that if you know. Yeah. too. I was like, oh. Yeah. And then I will say that I think every it does wrap up a little too conveniently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have uh, one of the the, the sisters husband is not cool with it you know like he's like i don't like this <laughs> shit this is fucking weird but
1: you know what that at least made it a bit more real i was like because somebody's got just true like not everyone's like
0: all right we're from the south but uh yeah. i will guess we'll just roll with their shit man yeah um i have a feeling that the mom already knew though
1: yeah it seemed like it i mean based off of her you know reaction to him it seemed like she, she said a mother always knew i felt like it was more intuition that something was off probably because you know 46 year old man not married yet might be something to trigger for the mom. It's
0: kind of funny that he even tried to fake it out with uh, his brother, Mike, and Kitty. Yeah. Like, I have a girlfriend. And then she's like, she's talking too damn much. I was <laughs> like, oh, shit. This is just someone fake. But, yeah, it was like, oh, shit. And then, um, yeah, I, I liked. And then the brother kind of was like, I think because of he saw how devastating it was. And then I like how Beth kind of stands up to him. to to mike
1: well (laughs) and you know i find it funny because the film starts and you think it's going to be basically about beth and going to college and then you know connecting. no but it's not true but it's not yeah it's really the story is about uncle frank as the title i guess goes for but yeah the way they present it it's like it's all about beth but it's not and it's that's very interesting i mean
0: don't get me wrong she she is a different person by the end too because she realizes how unfair things are for certain people too but uh, Beth is just—I I guess she's the anomaly in the movie, if you yeah. want to say that. Like, she's the one that, truthfully, she's more like Uncle Frank in a way. Like, she's she's very understanding. She—I mean, at first when she finds out, she kind of is like, "Okay, this is kind of weird," but she tends to warm up to it pretty quick. Yeah, she was fine for the most part. She was fine with it. So yeah, maybe if she was a bit under the risk. Yeah, was. <laughs> she was like drunk too. Yeah, first time drinking, anything, and then like uh, yeah. Wally's just like. Super nice during the morning, and I guess yeah. she was just like, I, I'm not. I'm just shocked. She's like, was that a dream or did that shit happen? <laughs> and the people were smoking weed and stuff, and that's like super illegal back then. She's like, holy shit, and they're like, welcome to college. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real life. This is how shit happens here.
1: Well, I, and you know, speaking of uh, Wally too, you know, I, I'd not heard of Peter Mike Dissey before, but um, yeah, I I really found it interesting. Like he from like from my perspective as a Muslim, he's he is still practicing Muslim. They showed him praying yeah, Um while does, also yeah. living a homosexual life, which is a bit counterintuitive for the religion, but a very interesting way to present it. And, you know, he they show a scene with him that I found interesting where he was in the hotel and he fell asleep and he wakes up with the Bible on his chest. Probably the only thing he could read, but also sitting down and kind of trying to read that and be yeah. spiritual with it. He's obviously, you know, for 10, it's funny because they've been together for 10 years, supposedly in the film. And the way they argue, it seems like, you know, it's been on and off all the time because of, essentially because of Frank, uh, and how his his uh bottling up his emotions and yet while he's kind of always been there, the guy the guy fucking takes a punch <laughs> from him. I know. That when that happened, I
0: was, like, I was like, I don't know how this yeah, is like, a piece of relationship great. now. I don't know what's going yeah. on with this
1: shit. And yet he comes back and he's still there there to support him. But I think he like,
0: understands that like he didn't he doesn't even mean to do that stuff and he's yeah. Frank himself is just having quite frankly probably the worst quite frankly look at that the worst uh week of his life probably outside of you yeah. know outside of when his friend died in the beginning and it's just like now everyone knows and then on top of that he didn't even want to go but he, he kind of was pushed to go because wally even told him like to go and no and i show i think that shows some strength on wally's side because it's like he's been hidden for so long and it's kind of, yeah, they've been together 10 years. So that means like even before he had that conversation with Beth, he'd already still been with Wally. So it's like mm-hmm. you got to think of it in this perspective. Of, like he's been hiding and he's been okay with it too. But I mean, the whole thing is they're both hiding in a way. But, right. And they both Only, kind but, of come out. And, but I think from like you know.
1: Wally's perspective, because he, he pushes it pretty hard throughout the film, like to go see your parents and I want to meet them kind of thing. It's like the whole idea is that I don't have a family but you and you have a family that's not just me. And so I want yeah. to be a part of that because I can't be with my family.
0: And I think that's what Beth realizes too. And that's why yeah. Beth is like, just like, cause near the end, he doesn't want to go back to face everyone. But Beth's the one that tells him like, you got to go back. Cause like, you can't be ashamed of who you are, you know? Right. And I, I think that's a good message. That's I a good think message. so too. It's
1: a, it's a very well, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> you know, we can't speak from, from the perspective of, uh, you know, somebody who's, who is a homosexual um, or had to go through those experiences. But I would think like from from just the the film itself and how they were presented, I thought it was a very um, maybe glosses over a few things, uh, but for the most part is very uh good depiction of somebody who was struggling you know trying to live a life the away. i mean he goes to new york for christ's sake to to live a different life as a professor away from yeah from the he literally does it to disappear yeah he wants to get on the south and he only
0: comes back like
1: rarely right for for some serious family thing so like for somebody who, had, who tried to run away and just kind of live his life the way he wanted to and then forcibly outed and had to you know deal with the pain of his father dying and who his father or who he was to his father and now dealing with whatever i almost felt like is, stuff, is he trying you know?
0: to go back to get like some kind of redemption with his father but it's too late obviously at that point and then right? the will I think it was kind of closure at that point right like i think so off, too it's like that's it and then i mean ultimately though he realizes by the end that his dad was just an asshole he just fucking stabbed him in the back just basically like, you know? he even says like coward you couldn't even say it to my face you know yeah like, even like in the beginning, where he's sending him gifts, is like everyone's gifts are fine, but his are like trash compared to. Yeah. It's like why would I need yep. this? Like, what are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. And it's like Jesus Christ, dude! Just fucking let it go. But yep. I know it's of the time, and like I said, I think it still wraps up a little too convenient. Very kind of Hollywood. It is very but, clean. Yeah. Um, I do have a text from Marco that he said that he did enjoy the film as well, and but he felt like the ending was a bit Hollywood. But he said as well though. That maybe that's a good thing because sometimes a lot of these movies end pretty fucking sad. So truthfully, it's kind of a change of pace in a way.
1: <laughs> it, it did give me a bit of a, a good, uh, it, like it's supposed to. I guess a, uh, a good feeling to see it end sort of happily. And yeah, I would agree. Yeah, with like
0: that we don't coming, know what truthfully yeah. happens afterwards. It's just a right. slice of of an event that a summer that she remembers. You know. Mm-hmm. So the summer of '69. Nine. Nine. Sorry, but it's not '73. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See the same thing it's so weird uh overall though i would recommend it i would say if you have prime video which i mean i don't know who doesn't at this point, if, if you've got amazon prime for shipping <laughs> do you have the, the prime holidays, packages yeah you've got you've then got you have prime. it i would recommend it it's very good i i i think this is probably going to be in my top 10 for the year so yeah i
1: honestly i agree it's again as james was uh and i we were surprised that we actually did like it but It is. It is. I knew like twenty
0: minutes in. I was like, "I might like this."
1: Yeah, yeah. I felt the same, and I think it's worth a watch. uh, If you, you know, any a lot of the Oscar films can get a bit heavy, or it's either too heavy of a subject. Or it's too over the top for you, like over your head. to just understand, because it's like a British period piece. You know, it's like, mm, I don't want to deal with all this. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a yeah, bit more straightforward. Like yeah. <laughs> this is more American. Okay. We're, we like things a bit straightforward here, guys. So. We just want a
0: story. Just give me what a, a beginning, middle, climax, and end. And then We're I'm done. like, okay, I get
1: it now. Yeah. And this he film also swimming. gives you kind of all that. And, and you, get, you get a bit of a roller coaster of emotion. Like James said, it's a bit predictable in some parts of it. It but is.
0: But I mean. It, but not it's in the so thing. well acted, though. Yeah. The performances alone are really worth. Like, I, I really think this is, like I said, this is Paul Bettany's best movie he's ever been in. For so. sure. If you've ever been a fan of him or don't haven't seen him outside of the Vision role in the Marvel films, where he barely acts, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, give this a watch. This is, this is what I would recommend taking a look at. And like I said, I, I've never really seen anything from Alan Ball before, but it seems like, hey, it's a pretty solid effort. So. Yeah. Uh, with that, though, Nabil, that's the end of the podcast. So I think you and I held it down pretty well. Um we, no, we, we missed Marco. 12, it's fine. 12, but 12 if he wants to take years. another couple of weeks off, it's fine. Right, take your time, buddy. It's fine. Where you got He's this? like, I don't feel good. You guys go going to kiss my <laughs> ass. Uh, thank you for listening, though. Feedback, response, reviews. Uh, this is probably normally the part where I tell Marco to <laughs> tell you guys how to uh, watch our stuff. So if you are on our Facebook, go to Facebook.com slash pod. Twitter, Movie Pal Pod, Instagram, Movie Pals Pod, and podcast feeds. We're on everything. Google Podcasts, iTunes mainly, SoundCloud, of course, because that's what sponsors our RSS feed, uh, Stitcher, I Radio. everything, iHeartRadio, all the good stuff, Spotify. We're literally on everything. Just look up Movie Pals Pod and hit that subscribe button, and you'll never miss an episode. You'll hear, you know, Nubil and I definitely. We don't know. Yeah, Marco might just be taking breaks voices. now and shit. Oh, so... Yeah,
1: there's just one. Just those guys.
0: So we <laughs> yeah. We're just gonna do ASR now. Don't even worry about it. So next pod, it's gonna be on the 14th of December. Actually, look at that. So uh, we're almost near the end of the year. Somehow we made it. I don't know how. 2020 has been a rough one. But that will oh, be movies. episode 88. We're gonna finally do the movie though. Uh, we were supposed to have it reviewed like a month ago, but I didn't realize that it was only coming out in limited theaters. <laughs> and also another Prime video. Look at that. We're going to be watching the oh, new Prime exclusive video, or movie, sorry, Sound of Metal. So that one looks good, really good. And we are doing the, for Studio Ghibli, For uh, that'll be the last one for the year. We're going to be doing the 2006 film Tales from Earthsea. And until next time, this is James. And Nabil. Have a good one.